Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Soulvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Disney, and the show is Evolve. And uh, my special guest today is Karen Rockhine. She is a leading happiness expert, a media personality, and the creator of Purpose Girl, a movement to empower purpose-driven living. She's taught thousands of people real-life strategies to reclaim their happiness and live to their fullest potential of success and well-being. Uh, she's a survivor of domestic abuse, divorce, and armed robbery, and she uh, offers to others resilience through stress and to grow from the trauma. After 15 years as a marketing executive, she has a passion to teach women to thrive. So she's appeared on NBC, CBS, PBS, NPR, a lot of different shows, and uh, she has a book, Pebbles in the Pond, Wave 3. So she's also a marathon runner, a cook, a painter, and lives in Philadelphia with her husband and her son. Welcome, Karen. It's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you, Robin. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. So we've got a lot to talk about today because you have a lot of different things that's, that are going on. Um, you've got a business called Purpose Girl, and it seems you're offering lots of programs on pod- positive psychology, which is terrific. Can you tell uh, my audience how you got started with all this? Yeah, sure. So I was that um, little girl growing up in the Midwest. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and so I grew up in the Midwest with parents who have been married, bless their hearts, for 51 years, and my grandparents were 68 years before they um, passed away. May they rest in peace. And I really had a vision of what happiness looked like. It was, you know, go to college, meet your husband, um, better off if he's a doctor or a lawyer, you know, to please my nice Jewish parents and, you know, get a house in the suburbs and live some career and live happily for the rest of your life. And so I did all of that. Mm -hmm. I um, met my first husband when I was in college. Um, He was studying to be a lawyer. We had a beautiful house in the suburbs a golden retriever, we made Thanksgiving dinner, you can get the picture, all by the time I was 26, 24, excuse me, and I found myself, Robin, with this perfect life, mm-hmm. and feeling so empty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would just cry all the time, and my husband would say to me, like, what's wrong with you, we're happy, and I really thought something was wrong with me, because it, I did everything I was supposed to to have a happy life, mm-hmm. And I still wasn't happy. So, like, what was going on here? And we ended up getting divorced at 26. And that's when I began my journey to say, well, if that didn't make me happy, what would? Mm -hmm. And one of the first steps of my journey was to start volunteering with high school girls. And here I was with these 40 high school girls as their youth group advisor. And they were so um, optimistic and excited about the future and really so down on themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Feeling so... Um, insecure, saying that they're fat, they're not good enough, not smart enough. And my heart broke because they were a mirror for really how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And I just found this innate ability in me to see 
the true beauty, the true soul, the spirit of every single one of these girls. And I was able to identify what was special and unique about her and be able to say, oh my God, Robin, no, you're so creative. Everybody comes to you to make the posters and to put together the event. Mm-hmm. And I had so much fun working with them. I'm like, my whole body felt alive. I was tingling and I was like, what is this? Oh, this is purpose. This is that more that I was searching for. But to turn that into a career was an entire journey on its own. I couldn't figure it out. Does this mean I want to be a teacher? And it's like, well, no, I don't want to teach math or English. I want to teach self-love. You know, does this mean (laughs) I didn't want to be a psychologist. I didn't want people kind of just telling me their problems all day. And there was no such thing as coaching. This is almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And people would say, you want to be Oprah? I'm like, I do want to be Oprah. <laughs> because Oprah, you know, that's like so big. Yeah. So actually I gave up my dream and went into higher corporate jobs and dated men who were just like my husband and gave up. Until one day I'd become so depressed. I was begging a psychiatrist for more and more and more medication. And she said to me, Karen, you're not, um, you're not ill you have all these dreams you've talked about and you've never done them. Mm -hmm. So one by one, I started doing dreams that had nothing to do with my career, like living abroad for a month and um, running a marathon and things like that. And then it was the one thing I hadn't done was pursue this. And one day I was walking um, home. I lived in Cleveland, Ohio at the time. And I was walking home and I went to put my key in my condo door. And suddenly there was a man behind me I could feel his hot breath and I turn around and I see that there's a man standing over me and the next thing I know he pulls a gun on me Mm. and I was on the floor with my hands over my head and the gun is at my head at my temple and you know I had like a last moment with God and I said okay God it's been a good life tell my parents and some other voice came over me Robin and said oh no you came to this earth with a purpose and you're going to pursue it So I said to God in that moment, if you let me live, I promise to pursue that purpose. And at that moment, the man took my purse and he ran. And so I decided I'm going to make this happen. And what is the first step? I'm very big into first steps. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know anything about human psychology. I've been a marketing executive for business to business. So I really don't know anything about psychology. So I need to go get my my master's degree in, in psychology of some form. And I realized any psychology program will do. I just need to get a base of (laughs) what am I going to talk about. But I used to be stuck in which program. It was like, no. So I happened to find this new field called positive psychology, Mm -hmm. which is the scientific study of human flourishing and happiness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? This is a real thing. Right. This is um, work that was started out of the the University of Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. by a famous psychologist, Martin Seligman. And the idea is to say psychology is focused so much on illness that right. we have forgotten about wellness. Right. And we need to put as much scientific rigor to wellness as we have to illness. So I found this master's program. I applied. By the grace of God, I got in. And so I left my vice president title, six-figure corporate job, and started my life over again at 36. And that launched me, and I decided from that moment I was going to – ask. I was going to ask for everything I wanted. I was going to go for it. And so when I wanted to teach at the University of Pennsylvania, I 
hunted down the person who was teaching positive psychology, and I said, can I be your TA? I will bring you coffee. I'll do anything. And she said, yeah. And then when I wanted to teach my own course, they told me, you need a PhD. And I said, well, let, let me just present a course to you. And they accepted it. And I taught my own course at Penn. Great. And then when I wanted to be on the radio, I started telling everybody I know, how do you I started telling everybody, I think I'm supposed to be on the radio. I'm supposed to be on the radio. And eventually, most people said, that's so cool. Yeah, you'd be great. And then one day someone said, I know someone you should talk to and introduced me to the head of talk radio at Sirius XM. Wow. So I asked her. And at first she said, no, you're a nobody. You're not supposed to have your own show. <laughs> and... So I said, no, no, I am. And I just kept asking until she said, all right, all right, I have a women's program in the morning. We'll put you on and we'll see how you do. And I went on the first time. The, at first, the radio hosts were like, happiness, coach, what are you talking about? But by the end of the show, because everything I do is research-based, they were believers. And I've been on every, I've been on ever since. So that was four years ago. Oh, so I just decided, I spent so many years afraid to go for it. And I've just decided now that when I have a knowing, a higher knowing of what I'm supposed to be doing, my that's that's higher power, and my job is to take action. Right, right, great, terrific. So I, a long story, but it gets to kind of the no. whole thing of how this got started. Oh, I think that people really love to hear people's stories. Like, how do they do it? Because it's the it's the uh, connection with the how to that people need to understand how to take their purpose and manifest things with it. And uh, so you're, you're right on the money as far as what people need. And I think it's, it's very important. Uh, it's very important to bring that forward. So, so you're a happiness coach and you talk about what makes people feel happy. What do you feel makes people happy? What do you see? I mean, through your own experience, obviously, when you started living your purpose, you became a happier person. So how, right. do, you, how do you help inspire others to do that? Or what do you see that makes people happy? Yeah, great question, Robin. So I... I am focused on purpose, and that purpose is ultimate happiness. It's, it's longer-term happiness. Right. So what we know from the research is that there are, you know, many things will make you happy. You know, a piece of chocolate makes me happy. <laughs> a glass of wine makes me happy. Sex will make you happy. You know, there, and what we as a society have come to think about happiness, we think about all these short-term, um, short short short-term gratification, right? Instant right. gratification. Right. And so what we're doing is we're just filling ourselves up with more and more and more instant gratification. Mm -hmm. You know, if, and people think if I could just get a $10,000 raise, I'll be happier. So you get the $10,000 raise and then you are happier for a month or six months. And then they're like, you know, the money gets split over 12 months and they take out taxes and then your car breaks down and there's no more money. Right. So it's like, Oh, I'll be happier when we get the next raise. So we're, people have been thinking in Western culture that it's these instant gratifications that will make you happier mm -hmm. and indeed the research does support that they will but for a moment not yeah. long term mm -hmm. the second level of happiness is you know like a medium term I almost like to think of it like a coffee like a small medium and large and um, that's a level of engagement right so really being mindful in your life mm -hmm. having activities and hobbies in which you're engaged being engaged in your relationships um, being present 
And that that is really going to being in a state of flow where you're doing the things where you lose track of time. And then what the research shows is that people who identify as having purpose, that their life has purpose. What the research shows is that those people, even on the, a crappy day, even because we all have days, listen, unfortunately people in our lives are going to be ill. You're going to get stuck in the rain and splashed on. I mean, mm-hmm. we all have things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And even on those days, someone who says that they have life purpose has an overall sense of life satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And so what I really work on with people is to go to the deeper layer of what will fulfill them in life. And one of the things we know from the research is that relationships, having healthy, positive relationships, are a cornerstone of people who are happy. Mm -hmm. And purpose inherently is other-based, right? So it's what is going to fill you? What is your contribution to the world? So it's about you, and then it's giving to others. And so it's this combination of contributing to the world at large, to others, to relationships, and in a way that brings you joy and is meaningful. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have overall happiness, mm-hmm. right? And it's got to be joyful, though, right? It's got to be joyful. Mm-hmm. And so I really work with people on shifting uh, how they think about happiness to something that is deeper. And Robin, I really am, I'd be curious, you know, what you see as well, but mm-hmm. I think where people are really getting it that that the money isn't just going to make them happy anymore. I'm seeing this in every generation mm-hmm. where there is a sense, you know, millennials are entering into the workforce and saying, I want meaning more than I want money. You know, mm-hmm. I want to know that this company is doing good. And we've got boomers that are retiring and saying, yeah, but I've got, you know, 30 years still left in my life. I want to do something that, you know, is purposeful. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a Gen Xer and which is the majority of my clients, and they'll come to me and say, I did everything I was supposed to. I became a vice president. I made blah, blah, blah money, and I still feel empty. Yeah. And so this deeper sense of happiness is, like, really what's going to fill you up. Right. Really, and, and it it is contributing your unique strengths, your unique gifts to something larger than yourself. Well, I think that's a very important component for sure. And I I also teach self-love, so we teach it from really different perspectives. But in my experience, too, self-love comes from embracing the the weaker parts of ourselves or the parts that feel separate and forgotten about. And when we do that, then we have more love to give another person because we can understand and have compassion for ourselves. And if we can't have compassion for ourselves, it's hard to have it for other people. So I really agree with you that it starts with ourselves, our purpose, what we're here to do. And when we're engaged with that, then the sky's the limit. You know, we can take it to the next level. We can see Oprah as a, as a sister and not somebody on a pinnacle. You know, exactly. we can see, um, you know, we can see other people like, you know, some of my heroes, Jean Houston and a few others, you know, we see them as peers and teachers and friends, but we don't have to see them on some kind of pedestal. And that makes all the difference, I think, to get everybody in a circle together and see how we can, uh, contribute to each other because we all have things to learn from each other. Absolutely, absolutely. And I also do a lot of teaching on self-love and one of the first things I'll teach people is self-compassion because mm-hmm. I find 
so many people are just so hard on themselves about mm-hmm. not being enough and you know self-love is so hard for people to even grasp what does this thing mean right. and so I like to say let's start with self-okayness right <laughs> which is yeah. being okay with your shadow sides with the darker parts of yourself mm-hmm. and then the next step is acceptance right so mm-hmm. accepting that these darker sides have a role for you mm-hmm. and that we need to bring them out of hiding because they're there they're mm-hmm. affecting your life and then we can get actually into embracing and, and loving those, those parts of you. Mm-hmm. And you really can't have purpose without self-love. Yes, exactly. Because it, we are sabotaging ourselves so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by thinking that we are not good enough, we are not worthy, that we are going to fail or be rejected or that we don't belong. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I love your perspective that it really all begins with, with self-love, and, mm-hmm. and it does, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. So, well, I'm really excited to come back. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be back. Um, I'm with Karen Rockhind, and she's a leading ha- happiness expert and media personality and has created Purpose Girl, a movement to empower purpose-driven living. She's been on all kinds of media, NBC, CBS, PBS, NPR, Huffington Post, Crane's Business, and uh, she's also a marketing expert, so she's helped found a way to get this information out to people, which I think is so great. So we'll be right back. Uh, Karen, we'll take a little break and talk to you in a second. This is Katie Perry's Fireworks. This is your host for Evolve, Robin White Turtle Listney. And I wanted to share with you a few of the other things that I do in the world beside the radio show. In addition, I'm an energy medicine practitioner in the Bay Area and across the country by phone. And I work uh, through East West Bookshop in Mountain View, California. So you can always find me there on Fridays. In addition, I have uh, five books. Uh, Four of them are nonfiction, and one is a fiction book uh, that's actually based on facts called Poems for the Lost Year. The other books are Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, and prior to that, Sacred Living and Dancing Up the Moon. Um, my recent, more recent books, Heart Path and Heart Path Handbook, uh, teach people self-love, and this is the foundation of my practice, that love does heal all things. You can find out more uh, about my work on my website, www.thecenterforthesoul.com. And uh, you can also check out the books on www.bluebonebooks.com. And now we'll go back to the show. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, 
opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle, and we're back for part two. And this is uh, Karen Rockhind, who's my guest today. She's a leading happiness expert, media personality, and the creator of Purpose Girl, a movement to empower purpose-driven living. Um, she is really focused on helping people move beyond their stuck places. <laughs> And she's done uh, marketing as an executive, and she has a teaching uh, passion for teaching women to thrive. So I want to talk about that because, you know, a lot of women really put themselves down, and and you coach women. So tell me about what you do with your coaching because I'm excited about that. Yeah, so we as women are notoriously hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. You see little girls who are just being so full of life when they're four and five and six and twirling and singing and they don't care if they're great at it or not. (laughs) This is true of little boys too. And then girls start to become aware that their bodies are not, good enough or, you know, attractive enough and, and the messages and then, well, boys like me and, and then we see girls start to, you know, girls are louder in a classroom. They raise their hands more until middle school and then it shifts and the girls sit back. And so we, we get to a point where so many adult women are taking care of everybody else and have completely lost themselves. And I see this Mm -hmm. over and over and over again until a woman says, you know, okay, I have a good marriage, and I have great kids, I have a good job, and I feel so stuck. Mm -hmm. And so my work with them really breaks down into four parts. The first is uncovering her joy. Mm -hmm. So I believe that our purpose has always been there. It is who we are and were as a child, however you were then is really who you were born to be, mm-hmm. and that your soul is is wanting full expression. It's just that throughout time, you learned rules about how you were supposed to live in, in the world, and those rules started to turn off, you know, oh, I'm not supposed to be big, okay, I'll be smaller. Like one of my clients was in, uh, she grew up in a small town in Michigan with her dad as the minister in town. And he, she was, she had the best grades in class and he would say to her, no, 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 like that, we need to be humble. We can't be the best ones in class. And so she really learned in her whole life, I'm supposed to be small. I'm not supposed to be as good as I can be. Another one of my clients, she, um, when she was a young girl, she um, grew up in a very conservative Indian family and her father made it no secret that he wanted boys. And she was the kind of little girl who was always doing cartwheels and twirling, and her grandfather loved it. And she was, you know, bright colors. And her father, you know, no, 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 you cannot do that. You need to study. You need to study. Even one day, put her in a back room when company was coming over so that they didn't know that she was a girl instead of a boy. Mm. And so she grew up, and she became a pharmacist. And not that there's anything wrong with pharmacists, but think about there's no color or creativity in 
uh, in at least her job as a pharmacist, from what I understand from her, in the white coat and the counting pills. And so we started working together and really going deep into where that place of joy was. And she started telling me about how it was a little girl. This is who she was. It's like, well, my, my love, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. It's just that everybody else's rules about who you're supposed to be have covered that up. Right. So that first step is really like that joy and mm-hmm. remembering that joy. And and I do that through a number of processes. One is um, there's a strengths assessment that I love to give people that gets to the heart of who you truly are. I love going back to who were you when you were three, four, five. I love even looking at what did someone want to be when they grew up because mm-hmm. it's very telling and it doesn't have to be literal. So you wanted to be a ballerina. It doesn't mean that, you know, now at 55 you're going to be a ballerina, that you could. It's what it was it about being a ballerina. Maybe it was about performing. Maybe it was about rhythm. Maybe, you know, and so we can start to put these pieces together of who you actually are. So the first step is really going deep into your joy mm-hmm. and kind of remembering And then the second step is really looking at all those layers that have covered you up. Mm -hmm. And so really, you know, the first one might be is nature and the second is nurture. So what what have you learned growing up about who you were supposed to be? Mm -hmm. What are the old stories you tell yourself that are really blocking you and getting in your way? Mm -hmm. And then we want to peel those back and really use tools of self-compassion, use tools of rewriting your narrative use tools of mindset and really learning how to shift your mindset and how to question your own thoughts for accuracy um, in order to break through those layers that have been put up upon you. And once we break through them, now we can say, okay, now what choices do you want to make in life? So we've got joy or nature, nurture, you know, those, and then we've got the choice. What choices do we want to make in life? Knowing who you are, now let's really start saying, what is the vision? for your life and where you want to be. And, you know, one of my clients came to me. She said, I don't know why I'm so unhappy. I've got a good husband, you know, and I've got the good job, the whole thing. And then she's an engineer, and we started talking, and um, she's like, I don't know. I don't even remember my childhood. And she couldn't get there. So we started really looking at the blocks. And I said something about, I gave her a personal story, which I, I always do with my clients. I'm totally use myself as an example all the time. Mm-hmm. And she started crying and she said, I, I was telling her a story about how I've recently started realizing that I'm a wild woman, but I have this wild woman in me that I had not allowed myself to express for a long time. And she started crying and she said, oh my God, that was so me. And when I was younger, that's who I was. And I was always told that I was too much and that those things were inappropriate, and my body was inappropriate, and so we want to get past the story, and then you can make a choice. Now, what do we want to rewrite? And now, how can you go be a wild woman now? Yes, with a husband. Yes, with the kids. Yes, with, right? What would that look like? Just what I've always wanted to take a pole dancing class. Yes, let's go take a pole dancing class. You know, what? it's like we need to now start expressing ourselves. Right. It's not yet related to your purpose or your, your job. I mean, I, I believe purpose is beyond a job anyway. And now we can really move into action mm-hmm. and putting a plan in place of what would this translate for in terms of the larger purpose of your life mm-hmm. and taking action on those things. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I think there's so much repression uh, from the cultural norms that we're taught, you know, and I mean, most of our Western culture comes out of a Judeo-Christian viewpoint that is patriarchal and, and really 
minimizes women's contribution. And I think part of what we have to do today is really take hold of our power as women, not to abuse it in any way, but to the, po the real power that we have is a receptive power of attracting yeah. to ourselves what, uh, what we know we can support or influence or give love to. I mean, that is the feminine power, is that power of attraction. And, yes. and we don't, ha it doesn't mean seduction. It means bringing in that which will help empower others. And so I, I feel when we do that, man, we are, phew, <laughs> you know, we can really we take off. Sometimes further, it's, we've become so, um, so masculine, and not even in the best kind of, I love masculine, but we've become um, distorted masculine right. in the way that we do our lives, right? It's like, do, 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 go, 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 has to be more, 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 and then, yeah. you know, end up depleted, exhausted, lost, stuck, resentful, angry, right. and the shift that, that I love how the universe is shifting at this moment back to the divine feminine, mm -hmm. and to say, we don't need to swing it so far that it's only feminine, but this, we all have masculine and feminine in us, and mm -hmm. we've just been out of balance, yeah. and to bring the divine feminine back into our lives the ancient feminine wisdom of being still. Right. Of intuition. Mm -hmm. So you get quiet enough that you can actually hear your intuition. Mm -hmm. The deep ancient feminine wisdom of surrender. Yes. The ability to let go of what no longer serves you. Mm -hmm. And the ability to attract, right? We don't just, as the feminine is not just, well, I'm going to sit here and do nothing. It's when I really am able to sit and amplify in the in stillness, and then I hear the truth of what wants to come out. Now, when I take action, it's inspired action mm -hmm. instead of just frenetic, crazy do do do. Yeah, that's the shift that men and women can take, and it's very powerful. Right, and and I think that once women really acknowledge their divine feminine that quiet, still place inside, then they inspire men to be all they can be. Wow. They uh -huh. inspire them to move to a new level of seeing women in a respectful, loving companionship that, that uh, supports and challenges them to be all they can be. And, you know, and then we, we can do that for each other. We both need to do that to be all that we can be. Um, so I think that's fantastic that you're what you're doing, and I love that you're taking it to Gen Xers. <laughs> I'm well, taking it. To... <laughs> you know, I got my master's degree at UPenn, right? So this Ivy League university studied with the top psychologists in the world, and it was very scientific. Mm -hmm. And I graduated, and I said, "Well, this is all good, but I kind of still feel like poo inside. You know, I still feel like crap. <laughs> like, what's going on?" And what was missing for me, because it was so cognitive, which I love too, what was missing for me was that internal soul piece yes. of and heart. And I realized that to really break through obstacles and challenges, you need the mind. You also need self-compassion. You need the heart. Right. And I realized that to fulfill our our souls to, to live purpose, we need the spiritual, the divine component, mm -hmm. which I've always, you know, known. But then what I did after my master's degree 
is I studied the divine feminine for a year. Mm, great. In California uh-huh. to really understand and embody these deep, deep ancient feminine practices right. so that we have both. Yes. And really the most powerful. They are. It's very important. Uh, I think a lot of women's mythology you know, has stemmed on her losing her power and gaining it back again. And um, I think we're at a time when we kind of can't afford to lose it. Now we just have to do it. (laughs) And we have to bring our purpose and what you're doing with Purpose Girls, fantastic, that we, you know, really live on purpose with what we're here to do. And when I feel like, you know, in my story, I retired after my first marriage and decided I'm not doing anything I'm not passionate about. If I'm not passionate about it, forget about it. I'm not doing it. And I stopped doing what was expected of me and started doing what came out of me. And and that was a, a, a real conscious decision because I realized I'd lived under all this conditioning, very much like you. I'd lived under all this conditioning that said, well, now you get married, and now you know you do this, and... Now you do that. <laughs> and I think our parents had the best intention for us to, you know, here's here's the way to be, you know, here's how you live your life, which is what their job is to teach us how to live in society. But once we get to a certain point, we just have to stop and say, what is it that I'm passionate about and what am I here to bring to the world? And right. when, What's and, going to film me? Right. Because, uh, everyone, I think, uh, everyone, I mean, not ever. Most parents had the best intentions mm-hmm. and they were doing the best that they could and they right. taught what they knew. Right. And so now it's just an opportunity for every single one of us to say, okay, I've done that and now what's really in my heart, what's in my soul and wants to come out. Right. And so often I hear from, from people from, you know, when I ask like, what did you want to do when you were younger? oh, that was just silly. Or if I ask, well, what is a dream? Oh, it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, and they think that, and, and we think, and I don't want to say they, because I'm human and I have had these same thoughts a million times in my life and sometimes still do. You know, I'll have an idea or someone has an idea and we, you dismiss it in your mind. Right, right. Because that's really your fear brain that is saying, oh, that's way too risky. <laughs> you may fail, which means you won't be loved, which means you won't belong anymore in the tribe. And we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so kind of stop our desires before we even take action on that. Right. And that's why we walk around. So many people say, you know, it's, I, I lead women's retreats around the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a retreat coming up in Paris. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a woman said, I'm so interested, but I can't do that. I can't go away from my kids for five days. And I said, well, why not? And she was kind of stumped. Well, she, well <laughs> they have to go places. Well, who else can drive them? Well, okay, even if someone else drives them, but I have to feed them. Okay, well, is there anyone else who could take care of them? And we went through, and this she happened to have a husband, and someone else is coming on the trip who's a single mom. And, and I said, well, this woman who's a single mom is coming, and here's how she's doing it. So we really have to shift, and this is the part about mindset that I love, is you know we tell ourselves, I can't do that all the time, right. when the real question needs to be, how can I? Yeah. What else is possible? Right. How might I make this desire come to fruition? What is the first step? Who can help me? Right. Because, and that's really how we start to, to shift right. and realize 
that whatever desires, they're not silly, they're possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to hear more about this Paris trip. That sounds very exciting. And then you talk to corporate audiences, and you've got programs, and I want to get into all of that. So we're going to take a little break again, and we'll be right back. I'm with Karen Rockhind, and she's a happiness expert and media personality, and she has a book called Pebbles in the Pond, and we'll be talking about that too. So we'll be right back. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. This next song is Karen Drucker, There Is Only Love.
This is Robin White Turtle Disney. The show is Evolve, and I'm with Karen Rockhind, who is a leading happiness expert and media personality and the creator of Purpose Girl, a movement to empower purpose-driven living. She's taught thousands of people real-life strategies to reclaim their happiness. She's appeared on all kinds of broadcasting stations, NBC, CBS, PBS, Huffington Post, uh, Crane's Business, and is the happiness guru on Cirrus XM Star Radio. Welcome back, Karen. Thanks. I'm glad to be here, Robin. Yeah. So we've got lots to talk about yet. <laughs> I know. I think you and I could talk for hours. I think we could. I think we could. So um, I wanted to talk t- about your corporate work because you do corporate audiences, you talk to corporate audiences, and you also have this Living on Purpose program. Can you talk a little bit about those two things? Sure. So I had 15 years in in the corporate world before doing this, before going back to graduate school and doing this, this work and empowering people to live their purpose. And part of what inspired me to do this work is when I was in corporate corporate America, I saw so many people just shuffling through their days, Mm. just showing up almost like a zombie, needing their 18 cups of coffee, going through their work day, complaining a little bit in the bathroom, going home, Mm. making the dinner, going to bed, you know, waking up and starting over the next day. And, you know, there really seemed a lack of passion, Mm. not in everybody, but in a lot of people. And I, there was so much negativity. Mm-hmm. And so as I started doing my, my research and my master's degree in positive psychology, I knew that an audience that really needs this is back where I started in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And so while, yes, I, I coach women on covering their purpose and creating their own dreams and businesses and take women on retreats all over the world, I also am passionate about bringing this right to the source of where People need it most, mm-hmm. which is people who are in a company and have been feeling stagnant, have been feeling stuck, are just going through their day-to-day lives and really need that motivation mm-hmm. um, to look at a deeper level and say, why am I here? What is it that I really want to get out of being here? What are my strengths? How could I bring my full self? How could I make this job fulfilling to me? Mm-hmm. As well as research shows that humans were actually geared more toward negativity than positivity. And that's because our ancestors, you know, back in the desert or wherever they were, they had to, you know, be looking out for threat all the time, right? So where's the dinosaur? Where's the, which tree can I not eat because those are poison berries in order for survival? Mm -hmm. So we really, it's called negativity bias and we gear more toward the negative. And what that looks like then in, a company setting is that people, someone will have an idea and people say, oh, we tried that before. Oh, that will never work. Oh, this is, you know, that's, that's silly. Oh, you're thinking too big or too small. And we really shut a lot of people down from living out their purpose and from being creative. At the same time, it really brings morale down. And there's a huge connection between happiness in the workplace and productivity and profitability. Mm-hmm. And so what we now know, you know, people used to think that if they were successful, it would make them happier. And more than a hundred research studies show the opposite is true. It's that happier people are more successful. 
And so one of the things I bring to companies is how do you make your employers employees happier? And not just the happy hour that you all do Friday night and you go for a a glass of wine. That's great, but that's the short-term happiness. So like um, a few weeks ago, I spoke to 200 human resources executives about why happiness in the workplace matters and how to empower your employees to be happier, which are things like encouraging every employee to know his or her strengths, like really who he or she is and to bring that into their performance evaluation and into their, um, their goal setting. Things like teaching people how to have an optimistic mindset that says, how can we, what is possible, let's try it, and being okay with failure. Mm-hmm. Teaching people to really shift their, their thoughts so that they stop self-sabotaging their own careers and move more into a place of success. Mm-hmm. So I love doing this work in corporations because there are so many people who work for a company and need this and they don't otherwise have access to the information. So when I go in and I can speak to a corporation and do a workshop or do a a speaking engagement, whether that is, you know, um, International Women's Day, I spoke to a financial services organization in New York about being bold for change and those concepts or speaking. Um, Next week I'll be in Detroit at a large, another financial institution, Mm. um, speaking about being proactive as Mm. opposed to proactive and positive as opposed to reactive and negative. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, and I I think that, that when corporation heads can see that it's actually better for business, you know, it's going to make a huge difference because then, then they can see, Oh, I need to be encouraging people and not trying to keep them in a little box and not supporting their, their growth. I mean, I think people are really happy when they're growing and when they feel uh, the right amount of challenge in their work, you know. Absolutely. People need, they need to have a sense that they're growing, that they're capable and they can keep evolving and keep contributing. People also need autonomy. Right. And a lot of corporations, you know, tell people you have to do it this way or they, you know, kind of zap their creativity and people need autonomy. And people also need relatedness. They need to feel connected. Mm -hmm. That's why the number one reason why people leave their jobs is a bad manager. And the number one reason why people stay is that they like the people that they work with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when a company has that sense of saying, okay, we need to create the opportunity for autonomy, you know, creativity, autonomy. We need to create the opportunity for growth and encouraging someone to know that they're capable and have self-efficacy and keep growing and being challenged and we need to foster positive relationships, we really then have something that companies can start working with. Right, right. So now do you do your Living on Purpose program in your in the corporate setting and then um, or do you do that in separate groups with uh, individuals or women or how does that work? Yeah, great question. So I offer anyone who goes to my website and I offer something called the Living on Purpose Guide absolutely free. Mm-hmm. And it's a guide that will start asking some of the questions that I've started to talk about that we've been talking about in terms of your strengths and who you were as a child and what might be holding you back. So that is called the Living on Purpose Guide, and it's absolutely free if you go to my website, purposegirl.com, and you can sign up right there. Mm-hmm. I turned that into a course where you get more from me. Um, 
where we really now expand it out and it's a, living on purpose is a four week course mm-hmm. that goes through the four steps that I, I took you through in an earlier segment of really uncovering your joy, understanding why that's important, how positivity matters, going into the depth of what what have I dreamed of in the past, what are my strengths, what are my values, what are my talents, of really then looking the second step of what are the stories I've been telling myself that hold me back. And then the third step of choosing differently and the fourth of making an action plan for change. So that's a four-week course that I've offered so far live um, and I am turning into an online course. So I am excited about that. And anyone who goes to my website and gets the Living on Purpose guide for free, you're going to then end up on my newsletter where I'll let you know when you can have that course online. So that's something I'm working on now. That's fantastic. Wow. Well, and I think that those four areas that you talked about, um, you know, what is your joy and your strengths and what do we keep telling ourselves and then how do, how do we shift that and make an action plan? I think those really do kind of summarize how do we live on purpose? You know, it's exactly what, you know, of course, it's what you're teaching and I think that's fantastic because people really do need to have a like step-by-step process in order to get there i i know it took me step by step you know i didn't get to where i am now um instantly you don't rise you know you don't rise in that way instantly it takes time and it takes it takes pretty a lot of perseverance too so absolutely and Mm -hmm. there's a few things about purpose first of all it's so esoteric that, you know, people, we don't even know what purpose is. It's a word we love. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I want to live my purpose. And I love asking people, well, what is purpose to you? Because it's like everyone has a different definition from, mm. you know, what makes you get out of bed in the morning to your job, to your spirit, to your calling. And one of the things I used to always think is that purpose has to be a job. It's got to be what brings in money. Right. I found that that was really limiting for me and for other people mm-hmm. because a number of things Number one, many of us want to do multiple things, right? Like I like to write and to coach and to speak and to write. So like, <laughs> it's very limiting to just think of purpose as a job. And, you know, then for a lot of women, since I work with a lot of women, is my purpose to be a mom or is my purpose to be a teacher? And the answer is yes to all of the above. And uh-huh. so I like to shift the conversation from purpose being any one noun, right? Any one title, like marketing executive or teacher or coach or mother or father to a verb mm-hmm. purpose is the active way in which you impact the world so active in that it's a verb it's i'm here to teach to inspire to encourage to build to create it always starts with a verb it's active uh-huh. um, impact it's necessarily doing good for the world around you in some way whether that's the plant world or human world or your family but it's it's impact, right? And then active impact on the world, right? And the world can be different. Every single one of us has a different um, circle of influence. And some people say, well, I can't live my purpose because I've got three kids. I can't just, you know, move to Africa and start a school there. And it's like, well, you don't have to. That's mm-hmm. someone else's purpose. Right, right. You can be right here where you are. And so when we start shifting the conversation from purpose needing to be one job title, which is how generations before us did it, to purpose is a verb, and then saying what are all the ways, like my purpose is to inspire and empower people to live their 
full lives. Okay, so what are all the ways I do that? I do it as a coach. I do it as a speaker. I do it as a wife. Mm -hmm. And that's just who I am. And Mm -hmm. then that leaves room for me to keep growing because maybe one day I want to do it as, um, I don't know, some, something else, a painter. I'm, I'm a terrible painter and I love doing it. So I still call myself a painter, but maybe one day I'll want to do more purpose painting or something. So it's like when we shift the conversation about purpose, Mm -hmm. we can really start to understand it. And that's something I love to do with people Mm -hmm. because I think we have a, we don't have a good sense of what it is today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's really that's really true. I mean, it's a big word. <laughs> and- Absolutely, and, and I'll tell you what. In that way, living on purpose is living as your full self, full expression of yourself. Which right. is, you know, in an earlier segment, I was telling you about a client who uncovered in the living on purpose class that she is a wild woman and was then going to start taking pole dancing lessons and travel. And it's like, well, her job didn't change. Her marriage didn't change, but she uncovered who she really is and is meant to be in the world. And her job doesn't have to change. Now at some point she may want it to change, but it's like purpose is really living as your full self. And most of us are not. Right, right. Well, and when you think of purpose, I, I, I get this a lot. Um, I do a lot of spiritual teaching, and I had a student that came and said, you know, I want to live a spiritual life, and, you know, I want to quit my job. And I said, no, 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 no. You you do your spiritual life in your job. You do your spiritual life with your family. You know, you, you don't do it as a separate thing. It, you know, that might have been what you were taught growing up, but it's not true. Uh, you, you integrate it into what you're doing. In fact, all those things are actually giving you stuff to work on in your spiritual growth. So Amen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, I love how you're saying that you bring it into wherever you are. Yeah. Um, right. And in fact, something I, you know, the same thing where people say to me about leaving their job or leaving this or that. And and I say, well, your first step to living on purpose and activating your purpose is to do it where you are. Right. So let's say we do our work together and, you know, you, you uncover that your purpose is, um, well, I'll give you an example. One woman uncovered that she is here to inspire others and she wants, especially young people, she wants to, to speak to them. So I said, well, where in your life can you start doing that immediately? And she's like, I don't know, I don't have, you know, young people. And we, we realized, we started going through, she belongs to a church. And I said, well, are there any young people at the church? Well, yes. Well, what about asking the church if you can host a program for the youth? Oh, well, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Another one of my clients is, um, she was top five in a $30 billion real estate company. And she really had a passion for meditation and wanted to support people with mindfulness. Um, that was really her, her purpose. Mm-hmm. And so what we set up for her, I said, well, how can you do it before you, cause she had, she, she was such a, an earner that that was how her kids were in college and, um, and their lives really depended on her income. So she started teaching a meditation. She offered meditation one Wednesday morning at 7am. And I think seven people came. She was like, oh, my God, seven people came. And then she offered it again the next Wednesday, and maybe 13 people came. And now regularly 30 people come to her meditation. Wow, that's fabulous. Since, right, and so it's like, and, and then we also looked at her, um, 
her, her, her direct reports mm-hmm. and said, how could you have more of a coaching relationship with them instead of a management relationship with them? Mm-hmm. So right, how could you use mindfulness with them now? And so you really have the opportunity to bring it in right. and start where you are. Right, right. I think it's such an important thing to to. for people to do is to realize they don't have to change their life they don't have to you know get divorced they can actually use these uh, ideas right inside their marriages and right inside what they're doing with their kids and and that's that's where they need to start Um, all of the the different principles or practices that you know are important uh, in your daily life I think what is really resonating with each person it, it makes it makes a huge difference if you can just recognize people can just recognize that they start where they where they are not not Absolutely. not having to move to China or to South America. <laughs> right, right, right. It will make such a huge difference in in your life. You'll be happier. You'll be more fulfilled. You'll feel more connected, and your life will have more meaning spiritually. And you'll start getting if indeed at some point you do like my client with meditation, you mm-hmm. want to go and do this outside you will get more practice mm-hmm. and you'll build a level of efficacy with it and mm-hmm. you'll build a level of expertise and then you'll have clients when you go on your own who will want to follow you. And right. so it, it makes so much sense um, from both the work perspective, but then as you're saying, do it with your kids now, do it in your family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best practitioners are the ones who practice what they preach. Exactly. My first teacher uh, was an astrologer back in Lansing, Michigan. And what she taught me was, was it doesn't matter how many people you have, what matters is that you do the work you're supposed to do. And, Uh and that's something I always remember, because, you know, we all have fantasies of talking to thousands. And uh, especially if we're supposed to be doing public speaking. And, and when we don't have that many or when we have five or 10 or whatever, that's enough. You know, like that's where we can just say, well, it's, it's what came today. It's who came today. And um, it can be enough and it can, and then it can build, you know, from there. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a really an important thing that we're talking about here. So your program, that's such beautiful advice. I'll tell you in my career where I've made this career, where I've made the, kind of gone, made the biggest mistakes and gotten off track is when I became so focused on the numbers. Yeah. Do I have a big enough following? Right. Am I making enough money? Right. Um, Why does that person have such a huge Facebook following and I don't? Right. And then all sorts of feeling less than, feeling unworthy. And then my work was coming from that place of desperation and fear. Right. And no longer coming from love and purpose. Yeah, yeah. I, I, people I, feel it. They do. And I remember uh, I when I did my first book, um, Dancing Up the Moon, many years ago, I had to do a big national tour, and I went all over the country. And I found, I found a lot of things. I learned a lot of things from that. But one of the things I learned is that the most wonderful times were after the book signing after I did my talk not during the talk but afterwards when people would come up and say you know I just loved that story you told and that made such a difference for me and you know and they would just like thank you so much for being here or you know I need to tell you that what you said about this just it struck such a chord that those were the times when I was one-on-one with people that 
made a difference. And I could tell that I had touched somebody or that it moved them in their lives. And getting that feedback or just hearing that and receiving it and then, you know, saying something else that might help them was more rewarding to me in some ways. I mean, it's at that point, once you've received that feedback and you know, I have impacted one person's life. Yeah. And that's enough. It's enough. That's right. I already am living on purpose. Right. Right. And everything else is gravy. Right. Right. That was a huge shift for me. I remember when, um, when I really internalized that and someone had, had told me how I truly changed their life. Mm-hmm. I had to, like I said, cause I had gotten off track with my ego mm-hmm. and I don't mind telling people the truth and, <laughs> you know, coming back to, I already am living on purpose. I, it's an, if, if I don't, if I die tomorrow, it's okay because I've already done it. I've yes. done what I came here to do. Right, right, right. I totally, I totally get it. Yeah, I, 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 and I think it's important to know that if we just do what's in front of us, we will do the bigger picture. It will already happen. It, you know, we put it in motion, and we keep stepping, and we keep walking, and then it, it will, we will get there, no matter, no matter what. And and get there is not there; it's here. <laughs> There is no there there. <laughs> right, right, right. And that I am a recovering perfectionist and a recovering overachiever. <laughs> and so uh, this one has been really hard for me. And it's something I work on every day because my brain wants to go there to some future point. Right. And it's, it's really, you know, once I started practicing meditation and um, understanding mindfulness, it's been super helpful Mm-hmm. And, you know, my old brain wants to go back there all the time. And I'm like, right. bring it back, bring it back to where we are now and being grateful for where we are and living in this moment. And so, you know, another thing I think is so important, Robin, is really people realizing that all of this is a practice. Yes, yes. You know, none of us who do this work, we don't have it figured out. And no. if any of you... <laughs> if any of you work with someone who's like, my life is perfect and I have it all figured out, then fire them immediately because <laughs> we're doing the work with you yes, and exactly we're practicing every day and and I know I go off the rails and then I have to use my tools and come back and mm-hmm. and that is super important I think for someone who wants to do healing work in the world oh, yeah. because we've set up I think you know people have a sense it's kind of like the magazine industry set up women to have body shame right (laughs) you know some of the health and coaching and spiritual industry Mm -hmm. set people up to have spiritual shame and have growth shame like they're supposed to be somewhere else at this point right right rather than this is a practice and we all are practicing it every day and we get off and and what the world needs now are more people being authentic yes all about the truth oh that is so true that's so true so we're going to just roll right in to this next segment, which is tell me about your book, Pebbles in the Pond, because it sounds like it's a nice segue. What you just said is a nice segue into it um, about how that, well, just talk about it because I love yeah. the title. I think it's a marvelous title. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I have a chapter in this book, just so I'm, I'm clear. And the oh. curator of the book is Christine Closer, K-L-O-S-E-R. And the book is... Um, people's stories of 
resilience and the idea that each one of us overcoming our own trauma and turning that into into a gift in our lives is creating that ripple effect in the pond. Mm -hmm. And so what you'll find in that book, which again, anyone can get on my website at purposegirl.com and I'll send you a signed copy, is stories, real stories of people who are now healers in the world Mm -hmm. um, and their original story of the biggest trauma that they experienced and how they overcame it and used that trauma for growth. Right, right. Well, that's fantastic. Now, did you tell your story that you told earlier um, in the interview today about um, being robbed, or did yes. you tell other stories? No, you no, told that I, one. I tell. I have several traumas that I, you know, I, I could have chosen, but I, right. I told the story. Um, my chapter is called "Happily Ever After." Uh-huh. You know, um, all about shifting instead of perfection to purpose, yeah. and so my chapter actually begins with with being robbed at gunpoint, mm-hmm. and my story of really shifting my life from thinking it had to be perfect to really wanting it to be of purpose. Right. right. So, um, it was a real honor to be part of that, part of that book. And I actually am working on my own book right now. Mm. Um, and have been working on it. I admire people who have their own books because I've been working on it for several years and it's mm-hmm. such a project. Yeah. And so <laughs> I actually just recently hired a book coach because I believe in the process of having someone who's been through it before right. show me the way and hold me accountable and, you know, get me to completion. And so I'm super excited that that is a big project coming this year. Yeah. And um, I'm super excited that I, I asked for support on it. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, writing books is, I can tell you, I'm on my seventh right now. Wow. It, it's a process in itself and, and they take the time it takes. It's like they, they cook and they cook and they, I have one novel I just finished and just got to an agent that took me 18 years to write. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and it finally had to get it out of here. <laughs> so I yeah. got it off to the well, agent. That's actually very reassuring for me and other writers because, you know, to know that we're not alone in mm. our process and mm. how long it can take. Right. Uh, so thank you. That's very reassuring. And, and I would say to anyone out there, if, whether this is about a book or it's about a business you want to start or it's about your own growth, if you've been at it on your own for years and mm-hmm. it's it's not moving, then find an expert and work with them. Right. You know, you, you deserve to bring something to fruition. Yeah, I think getting help is sometimes knowing when we need to ask for help is really, really important. So, yeah, we have so much guilt and shame around asking for help. and. Yeah. It's actually the strongest, most courageous thing you can do. Exactly. I, I totally agree. Well, is there anything else you want to share with my radio audience, Karen? It's been just a delight talking to you. It's been a delight talking to you as well. I just, you know, I just want everyone to to know and to realize, you know, the one thing we haven't talked a lot about is, is trauma. Um, and we talked about it a little bit with Pebbles in the Pond. And I just want everyone to know out there that, Every moment of your life has been for purpose. Yes. Every moment that was delicious has shown you where your joy is. And every moment that was challenging has given you strength and courage that you can use to live on purpose going forward. Yes. And has given you wisdom 
you know, one of the things sometimes people will say to me, oh, there's already too many coaches out there. There's already too many speakers. And it's like, yeah, but no one is you. You're the only person with your strengths and your, um, your stories and your wisdom. And from all of your traumas have come great wisdom if you allow it. Yes. So, you know, it would be my honor to support any of you um, who are out there by, you know, giving you my free living on purpose guide. Just go to purposegirl.com and um, look out for when I'll do, you know, more of the living on purpose course. And of course, any of you who love travel and you've been wanting deep, um, deep growth while also having a delicious time in sisterhood, I am leading those next couple of retreats. So my Paris retreat I use the city as inspiration for growth. Mm. So um, each day has a theme. And for instance, one day, which is immersion, immersion into yourself, we meditate in a different garden every day on this trip. And um, Mm. so we we do the meditation on self-love. And then we go into the Louvre. And we go on a self-love tour of the Louvre. Oh, fantastic. it's amazing. One day is elevation. So we meditate about elevating to your highest and best self above the chaos of everyday life, elevating to the higher spiritual self. And then symbolically we go up the Eiffel tower and we have champagne on top of the Eiffel tower. So it's those kinds of experiences. uh, I would love to host you. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a picture in the Louvre in my head of the winged Nike. That's Right as you come into the Louvre. <laughs> so yes. I think it's fantastic. Well, Karen, it's been wonderful talking to you. I'm with Karen. I've been with Karen Rockhind, and she's a leading happiness expert, media personality, and creator of Purpose Girl, a movement to empower purpose driven living. Uh, she's talked to thousands of people in corporations and individually, and she's been the happiness guru on Sirius XM Star Radio. Uh, and she is a part of Pebbles in the Pond, Wave 3, um, uh, a book that's uh, out there on trauma. So, Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure, um, and I look forward to seeing you in the future sometime when you're out here in California. <laughs> Absolutely. I love being out there. Thank you, Robin, so much, and uh, anyone wanting any of this, PurposeGirl.com. So. Yeah. I loved being here. Thanks, Robin, so much. Okay, thank you. This is Robin White Turtle Listening, and the show is Evolve. Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows LIVE. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carasella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows LIVE for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m.